0: Welcome back to our next study in the D6 series. I'm Mark Compton with uh, Southwest Church of Christ in uh, Tigard, Oregon. And you might not know, we've covered it a few times here and there throughout this uh, study, but D6, the title of the curriculum series, comes from Deuteronomy 6. And I just thought we would start today just simply reading a few verses out of Deuteronomy 6 because I think it ties in uh, to what we're trying to do. Uh, starting in verse six. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're in home and when you're on the road and when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So in the same spirit, uh, we are I- embarking in, in, well on the way here of putting together an uh, integrated study uh, with, that includes kids. It allows families to come together to study, uh, to teach, uh, and to learn uh, about the Bible over a three-year time period. And this particular podcast series is, uh, is for our adults. Uh, perhaps uh, it's an adult who doesn't have any kids, just wants to learn uh, and walk through the Bible. Uh, perhaps uh, you find yourself as a parent instructing your children and just want a little bit of background information on the week's study so that you can more effectively uh, teach your kids. Uh, and perhaps you're an adult with grown kids and you'd still like to impart to them some of the learnings, some of the things you're you're picking up uh, so that they can perhaps uh, benefit in their lives uh, and and grow from that. So wherever you are, uh, I'm glad that you joined us here today just for a little bit of time as we talk through this week's study entitled Tried and Tested. And it's from Genesis 22, and it's about the story of Abram and Isaac, a grown Isaac, and an Abram who's been promised uh, the future, uh, that all future generations in the seed would come through Isaac and through Abram, and he's asked to sacrifice his son. So we're going to spend a little bit of time in Genesis 22, but last week I actually uh, did a study as well, uh, and it was on Genesis 12, and that's the call of Abraham, and in that study we talked about how God told Abram to go, and to go without knowing where you're going because I'll show you, and you'll be blessed, and you'll bless and inspire others and future generations, and Abram's response to all that was to praise God. And as I closed last week, I said, what is our response? Our our response, learning a little bit more about Abram and his life, I think Abram's life calls us to move without hesitation into God's plan and to offer frequent and constant thanks to God. Now, in the study this week, the key truths from the D6 curriculum this week are that God tests faith and that we are to trust and obey even when seemingly difficult and that God always provides. But before we move to the story of Abram's sacrifice of Isaac today, I want to bridge back to Abram's promise from God in Genesis 15. See, Genesis 15 was a subset and it was a part of last week's D6 lesson, but I didn't get to that in the podcast because I simply just ran out of time and it was going to uh, to, to take us beyond uh, a practical time limit. But in Genesis 15, 1 through 6, quite a bit, has gone on since Abraham arrived in Canaan. So that was in Genesis 12, and now we're in Genesis 15. In between those two time periods, here's what went on. You might remember Abram goes through Egypt. He encounters Pharaoh. He tells Sarah to say that he's his sister. And Pharaoh then takes Sarah into his, into his palace and into his concubines. And eventually finds out that Abram had lied to him and was furious with Abram, told him to leave, depart, get out of here. He told all of his people not to touch Sarah, uh, and Pharaoh blessed him on his way out of town. And then Abram and Lot choose where to live. You remember Lot choosing the lush plains of Jordan and Abram ending up in the plains of Mamre. And then later on, four kings get together and they attack. Sodom, and they take away Lot and his family. And Abram then rides into war with his very own crew of 300 skilled fighters. Now, that in itself is amazing to me. Think about it. Abram not only has a family that he's managing, he's got 300 skilled fighters that were able to go and reclaim Lot and his family from four attacking kings. Now, that's an amazing story for another day. But that's what's gone on, and then we find ourselves in chapter 15. I want to read these, and then we'll make a few a few points, and then move on into Genesis 22. I'm reading the New Living Translation today. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I'll protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. You see, Abram had heard God all these years and had been following God and trusting God. And he knew that he would be the father of generations. In Genesis thirteen, fourteen through 17, God had told him that all the land he could see would be his and for his seed. And his seed would be like the number of the dust on the earth. But here in this section, here in Genesis 15, he expresses doubt. And in, in, in the original language, verses 1 and 2 are sort of intertwined and reversed. And they actually are a response from God to Abram because Abram expresses out of the fear of his heart that he is childless, is what it says in Hebrew. And just like us, Abram got fearful because he didn't understand the how of God. Now, remember... Abram believed God, and God counted that to Abram as righteousness. But even Abram, at this point, didn't quite understand exactly how God was going to pull this off. So God's response to him is, fear not, I am thy shield, and I am thy exceeding great reward. And those, are the, those are the words in the King James Version to this. But I love that because it's very powerful. Again, fear not. I am thy shield or said a different way in the way we might think of it today. I'm your protector. I will shield and protect you from everything. And then the whole beautiful piece about this is I am thy exceeding great reward. See, oftentimes people think that the blessings that Abram received was going to be family and land and wealth and prosperity. But what God actually says here in the language of the Old Testament is that I am your blessing. I am your great reward. He then provides the stars as as exhibit two. We'll call the dust in chapter 13, exhibit one. But here in, in chapter 15, the stars are exhibit two, that his seed would be innumerable. And in verse six, he believed, and God counted that as righteousness. So now, if you're following along, please turn uh, to Genesis 22. And so, Genesis 22. I'm going to read. Look, we're going to look looking through uh, verses one through 19. This has been a bewildering story to me through the years, and maybe to you too. Or, or perhaps this is the first time you're hearing this story. But a few weeks ago, my wife, Jody, Jody Compton, one of the ministers at Southwest, uh, ministers of uh, the children's ministry, along with Kara uh, Cross. But Jody did some deep study on this section in her Bible study. And we talked a little bit about it then as she shared the fruit of her study and the powerful parallel that the story has uh, in terms of God being the father and Christ the son and Abraham a father and Isaac the son. And then as it turns out, I randomly picked some D6 lessons to do for the D6 podcast. And here's his story for this week, uh, which is something Jody and I have been talking about. And Jody's been informing me a little bit about. And so then I dug in and read a little bit more uh, of the story myself uh, and really came to a, a greater appreciation uh, of this whole interaction. So let me just read this for you, and then we're going to hit a few points in the story and then leave it to you to dig uh, and be blessed. So let me read the story to you. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, "I, I am here. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you next morning, Abram got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire and a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abram told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further, and we will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me, even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its thorns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yarah, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called out again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. So a mystifying story, a bewildering story, but yet a, a very, very powerful, powerful story. And so what are some of the key points here that, that are really things that we should pick up on? See, I think that, uh, first off, God tells Abraham to take his only son and sacrifice him. Now, remember here that Abram believed deeply in God's promise of the future, that through Isaac would come all of the future generations. And then in verse 4, interestingly enough, it says, On the third day, Abram... Got to the place he was looking for. And there's a lot of commentators who make this parallel about the third day because Christ was in three days in the tomb. And actually, it's the multiple, it's the first of multiple threes used throughout the Old Testaments in terms of three days being apart for different things. But this is one of the first instances where Abraham went three days for the sacrifice and Christ was in the tomb for three days. In verse 7, Isaac questions Abram. Abram replies, the Lord will provide. That's the powerful theme that usually is remembered about this story is that God will provide. If that's the only thing we take away from this story, that should be encouraging to each of us. It's hard for us to capture that and to truly feel that sometimes. Just as Abram began to doubt and was unsure in chapter 15, he didn't know the how of God. And we certainly don't know the how of God. But believing that God will provide becomes a powerful mantra, I think, in our families. Becomes a powerful mantra, I think, for the way we can live every single day. And it's a phrase we should use often to encourage each other and often to relieve the fear and anxiety we have in ourselves by simply repeating, God will provide. Not sometimes, but God will provide always. So Abraham builds an altar and he binds Isaac. And with this frame, there's a lot of research on this that Isaac was somewhere between 15 and, let's say, 35 years old. So if we think around the frame of Isaac being older, the story really begins to take on a much ro- more robust feel to it than if Isaac is 15. Remember, here in, in earlier verses, it says that Isaac carried the wood. I'm not sure a 15-year-old carries wood for for three days to the place of the sacrifice. So a lot of folks think that there's support for Isaac being 33 years old, which is very fascinating because that's the age Christ was when he was sacrificed for our sins. So whether that's an exact reference, whether that's exactly true or not based on the research that many commentators have done, it's agreed upon 15 to 35, but there's a lot of folks that land on Isaac being older because if Isaac was older he would have willingly put himself on the altar bound as a sacrifice just like Christ willingly went to the cross bound for our sins so it's it's a beautiful parallel of Abraham the father sacrificing his son to God on an altar with the son being completely willing to give his up his life if that's what God wanted. And we know that God sent his son to die for us because he loved us so much. He's loved all of humanity so that each of us would have an opportunity for eternal life. In the case of Abram, though, God spared Abram from sacrificing his son. I'd like to read an excerpt on this from Adam Clark's commentary. So let me read this and uh, leave, leave you with some of these additional insights from someone who's done a lot of research on this. Abraham, the most dignified, the most immaculate of all the patriarchs, Isaac, the true pattern of piety to God, and filial obedience may well represent God the Father so loving the world as to give his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sin of men. But the grand circumstances necessary to prefigure these important points could not be exhibited through the means of any or of the whole brute creation. The whole sacrificial system of the mosaic economy had a retrospective and prospective view, referring from the sacrifice of Isaac to the re- sacrifice of Christ. In the first, the downing of the Son of righteousness was seen in the latter his meridian splendor and glory taken in this light. And this is the only light in which it could be viewed. Abraham offering his son Isaac is one of the most important facts and most important instructive histories in the whole of the Old Testament. So there you have it. Adam Clark thinks that this particular story in the Old Testament is the most important point, the most vital point, the biggest story that we should ever have because of the linkage it has between Abram, Isaac, and God in Christ. So God is amazing, and he has had man capture his stories and words since creation. And these words of the Bible are to inspire us, they're to assure us, to remove fear from us, and to fill us. Such a story as this, I don't think, can help but make you walk taller and feel stronger. To know that God has a plan for your eternal dwelling with him. So for us, God makes promises to humanity that he is the fulfillment of our lives and that he is our shield and defender. That he will bless us. And then God simply asks us to believe and obey in response. And when we and when we believe and obey, just like Abraham, God counts our belief and our obedience as righteousness to us simply like to close with reading verses 15 to 18 of chapter 22. And I'm going to read from the King James Version. because I really like how, how that renders the scene. And the angel of the Lord calls unto Abram ha- out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Thank you for listening today, and may you feel God's promise of blessing in your life. May you obey him, and may your blessing be shared with your family and all those around you. Next week, Jerry Bergen will bring us our next study, which is in Genesis 27 and 28. And it's entitled, If Not, For the Grace of God. So until then, have a terrific weekend, God. Mark Compton here for the D6 Adults at Southwest.